It won't be an easy game, but tonight we will get into the five keys to victory for the Dallas Cowboys over the Green Bay Packers in the wild card round. Let's get to it. Also, a final prediction for the week. Let's get to it. Here we go. What is up, everyone, and welcome into ADZ Sports Dallas Primetime. I am your host, Mauricio Rodriguez, streaming with you live every Sunday through Thursday night at 8 p.m. Central here on Dallas On Demand Sports Talk Network. With a lot more content coming your way, make sure that you check out adzsports.com slash Dallas. And as always, do me a favor and hit the like button for me if you enjoy the show. Welcome, everyone, on this Thursday night, it is a great night to talk some Cowboys football, and it is also the last night that you and I will talk about the Cowboys before the Cowboys play the Packers on Sunday. That means we are going to have ourselves a little bit of a pick here at the end of the show. We're going to take a side, and we are going to have a score prediction as well, and then we will dive into the weekend for what we hope will be not only a win for Dallas, but the first of multiple wins for the Cowboys in January. Uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be uh it's gonna be fun for sure. Talk success Friday is a good night to talk Cowboys to Mo. Just saying, you know, but Friday night, Friday night, people are out. Uh, people are getting ready to go out for the most part. Maybe not for the most part, but people got plans. Toxic. That's why we run Sunday through Thursday here at 8 p.m. Central. Uh, yeah, here on ADC Sports Dallas primetime. But anyways. Let's get to it, man, because this fun has been uh, this fun. This week has been fun for us here on primetime. Uh, we started the Packers content early in the week. Then we had a little bit of a pause for fun where we had like these five reasons why the Cowboys could go all the way. We had Aisha Morrison last night, and that was a very insightful conversation with her where we really just dove into the nitty-gritty of why Jordan Love is a little bit concerning and that sort of stuff was a fun show. If you missed it, I do recommend you watching that one because that was uh, extremely entertaining to put together, and I hope it was for you as well to watch it. Uh, but tonight, I, I look at this show as our way of putting it all together into five keys to win the game. There's obviously so much to break down, right? And maybe we will go on a tangent here or there, but I will just boil it down or try to try my best to boil it down to five keys to victory versus the Packers. With that being said, why don't we get started with number one right now? Yeah, here we go. To me, it's all about staying aggressive on this one. It's not the first week that I say it, and that's why maybe I didn't want to keep it as simple as that, but it is true. And I started thinking about the whole Mike McCarthy thing, especially with all of the coaching chaos that is going on in the NFL right now. Uh, Bill Belichick is out in New England now. Uh, Pete Carroll is out in Seattle. Adam Schefter is saying there's going to be a quote-unquote mystery team that is has not fired its head coach yet that could be interested in Bill Belichick and some people both in the media and among fans are trying to make it about the Dallas Cowboys, that maybe Chefter means the Cowboys because Jerry loves Bill Belichick and all that. To all that, I say, 
I don't think so. But anyways, I started thinking about Mike McCarthy and the whole transition to Mike McCarthy because he, Dak Prescott was asked about this um, in an interview today, in a locker room interview that is available on the Dallas Cowboys YouTube channel. And he was asked about the difference of having Mike McCarthy calling the plays in the playoffs. And Dak mentioned he's been here before, right? Like McCarthy has called these games. And I think back to January of last year when Kellen Moore was let go. And we knew that Mike McCarthy was going to be the man to take over play calling and the offense and all that. And I remember us being in this this, uh, mindset that McCarthy was not going to revamp the offense, but that we wouldn't be able to see the benefits of changing offensive architect until the playoffs. That turned out to be a lie because I don't think you can look at this season and say that there wasn't a big change compared to compared with what Kellen Moore had going for Dallas before he left Dallas, right? Because it was one of those things where Belichick, excuse me, you know, now, now I, I, I saw a comment with the Belichick name on it and I got confused. Sorry about that. McCarthy has done things very differently. Not only did slants replace the hitch routes and all that, but we saw CeeDee Lamb featured in a way that we had not seen a number one weapon be used in Dallas before. We saw the best play we've ever seen from Dak Prescott this year. So McCarthy has done much more than we anticipated. But it is still true that one of the biggest reasons why you moved on from Kellen Moore was because of January football. Because we were all in agreement that in the playoffs, Kellen Moore was not calling his best games and was not necessarily finding a way to get the Cowboys a game day advantage or not succeeding in that search at the very least. We talked about situational football a whole lot when that happened. Uh, We talked about adjusting for top-tier opponents. Sunday is going to be the first, you know, the the first taste of Mike McCarthy calling a, a playoff game, if you will. So in Dallas. So I'm excited about that. And I do think the right answer here is to remain aggressive. We've talked about McCarthy turning the Cowboys into a pass-happy offense. Since the bye week, they've been top three in the NFL in pass happiness in early downs, in neutral situations. And the Packers are should give you a chance to attack that secondary because as we've discussed throughout the week, they really have not been the best defense in the league. And in fact, they've been one of the worst ones. Coverage-wise, I don't think they do anything that should uh, remove the explosiveness from Dallas. We've talked about what the Bills did and what the Dolphins did with all of their safety rotation pre-snap or at the snap. Uh, We talked about them using too high defenses to really force you to be patient. Uh, No one runs or, I mean, they're actually not the league leader, but they are one of the teams that uses the most cover three in the NFL. The Packers are. So it's going to be one high style defense. They use a lot of cover one as well. Both of those coverages they use at an above average rate. And they use quarters and cover two at below average rates. So maybe they change it up to adjust for Dallas, but it's not the world that they want to live in. And they don't have necessarily 
uh, the playmakers to survive in that sense. Now, if they're using play, uh, excuse me, too high defenses and they're trying to take the deep stuff away from the Cowboys offense, I'm not sure that the pass rush gets there. If they're dropping four back into deep zones and all that, I'm not sure they get the pressure that they want to get against Dak Prescott and company because the pass rush has not been it for Green Bay either. And we'll talk about that in a little bit here too as one of the keys to the game. But I just look at this game and I'm like, don't turn into a conservative offense just because it's a big game, right? Do what you've done so far this season and just stay changing it up, man, and and, and throwing the football on first and second down, moving CeeDee Lamb all, all around the field, having him in the slot and out wide. I think Jerry Alexander is the best cornerback in Green Bay, but one, I don't think he's going to shadow CD. And B, I don't think he's somebody that you want to get away from no matter what. That meaning, like with Jalen Ramsey in the Miami game, that game started and CD was away from Jalen Ramsey as much as possible. There were some plays where CD was lined up against Ramsey, but because you got to change it up, obviously. But for the most part, it was CD away from Jalen Ramsey. And with all due respect, I don't think Alexander is that guy. Maybe he was last year. Maybe he was two years ago. But he's not the guy that you want to be away from no matter what. And again, I don't think Jair shadows CD, even though maybe he's their best shot at stopping 88. With all that being said, I want the Cowboys to go at AT&T Stadium and be violent right away. Take those deep shots, feed CD Lamb, and get the offense going through the passing game. Because if they start messing around with the run, whether we like to admit it or not, that's deviating from your biggest strength right now. And that is Dak Prescott throwing the football and CD Lamb catching the football. This is playoffs. The, uh, and, and I remember with all of the Bill Belichick highlights being played today everywhere, he said it's a player's game. The best two guys on offense that you've got right now are Dak Prescott and our C.D. Lamb. One of them will be receiving first place offensive player of the year votes, and the other one will be receiving first place MVP votes. I don't think any of them win it. Those awards, just because of what we know so far, what the media thinks, but I think both of these guys are going to receive first place votes uh, before the voting process is over. And actually, it should be over now, probably, because they don't do wildcard round stuff. Uh, like, you know, it's regular season stuff only, and they get the votes in, and then anything that happens in the postseason does not matter. Uh, with that being said, though, with that being said, though, that's my biggest key to winning this game. And let me get into some of your comments right now. Uh, Mr. Jameson, I hope that you are doing all right, man. Hope that you're doing better. I saw your comment about being in the hospital bed. Uh, hope you recover quickly, man. And, uh, hope, hope that, uh, everything's fine out there. Wishing you the best and sending you positive vibes, my man. Toxic says, this is exactly why Kellen was fired and why Jerry hired Mike. Playoff success. Time to prove it. And I agree with Toxic. You know, and, and you look at the overall body of work that Mike has put together in the regular season. And there is no question that it's been a major improvement 
but it's still about this. It's, it's still about January, and, and, and Sunday is going to be an interesting day to see what Mike has up his sleeve. Now, I also don't think he should deviate a whole lot from what the Cowboys have been doing all this time because the Packers, again, are not a scary defense. So it's one of those things where I'm like, just do what you've been doing. Do what you've been doing and, and, and stick with it. You don't need, you don't need to, to like in the Dolphins game, we talked about being patient. We talked about, you know, facing big Fangio and how Dak Prescott and company were going to be forced to sustain long drives and all that. With this game, I don't feel like we need to talk about all that because I just feel like the Cowboys got to be themselves and beat the Packers that way. Anyways, let's move on to the key, no key number two. Key number two to the game, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, here we go. I'm going to stick with the offense for now, and I'm going to say offensive line communication and discipline. Now, this is a twofold type key to victory. When I say discipline, sure, yes, I mean penalties and all that. But also, and we talked about it last night a little bit, but let me hit you with this number. The Packers are the team that has stunt, that has run stunts in the defensive line at the highest rate in the entire NFL, according to Pro Football Focus data via Coach Cody Alexander on Twitter, who is a must-follow, by the way. If you don't follow Coach A, you are missing out. And if you want to learn on X's and O's, uh, definitely subscribe to his Substack as well. I do recommend it a whole lot. But nobody, nobody runs as much stunts, as many stunts as the, as the Packers do, at least percentage-wise. And I was talking about this with Aisha Morrison last night, and she mentioned that's maybe how they try to manufacture pressure because other than that, they're not, they don't have a lot going. They're also one of the most blitz-happy teams in the NFL, and I agree. It might be because of that. Now, the problem is, the problem is if you're if you're running so much stunts or so many stunts, you better have the secondary to back that up, because the Cowboys can do it comfortably, knowing that they've got Daron Bland back there and they have uh, Stephon Gilmore back there, and you know before his injury, obviously like Trevon Diggs, and I mention it because if Dan Quinn is building his defense for the year, he's counting on having like those three guys at cornerback. Plus what he's got going on with the safeties. If you're going to do or generate all that chaos up front with the blitzing and the stunts and all that, your secondary better be able to hold up. I'm not sure how the Packers decide to live in that world. And maybe that's one of the biggest reasons why Joe Vary is public enemy number one for Packers uh, fans. Because they know the defense maybe could be doing better but they're just taking unnecessary risks sometimes out there in the back end of that defense. So, however, offensive line has to be in their A game. You know, Tyler Smith is likely rejoining the offensive line for this one. Uh, seems like he's trending in the right direction. The Cowboys are talking as if he is trending in the right direction. You, This is not a game where you can have a free rusher through the big gap. This is a game where you cannot allow any of that. Good news is 
Cowboys seem to be ready to go with five starting offensive linemen. So none of that should be taking place on Sunday when the Cowboys play the Packers. It's, it's as easy as that, right? As easy as that. Let's see here. Isidro says, Kellen is a stable genius. He should be the Chargers defensive coordinator as well. I'm, I'm intrigued. I'm not going to lie as to whatever happens with Kellen Moore after this season with the Chargers because I didn't follow it closely enough. Like I didn't watch Chargers State a whole lot this year to really know what went wrong for them. Beyond Justin Herbert's injury, of course. But yeah, I'm, I'm curious about what happens with, with Kellen Moore. Not going to lie. Let's see, guys. Uh, Gerald says, Joe very blitzed like Wink Martindale and the Giants. And Martindale has always been known as this mad scientist, who, by the way, is out as Giants defensive coordinator. I don't know if you followed that storyline, but it was funny as heck. The, the, the Giants fired, you know, Martindale's assistants, and then he resigns, but then he cannot quite, like, resign because if he does that, then the, the Giants own his rights, and he cannot sign with another NFL team. And it looked for a while that they were going to go on a tug-of-war kind of battle, but they did end up parting ways mutually. <laughs> and, and I think there's reports about Martindale cousin Brian, Brian Dable out. So, you know, the Giants are just having fun, man. L let them be. And, and you know, we're going to be fine watching from afar. <laughs> Toxic says, Mo, do you think Jerry will have Jason and Kellen in his box on Sunday? No, I don't think so. I wouldn't think so. It would be funny as heck, though. It really would. Uh, anyways, let's move on to key number three to beat the Green Bay Packers. Yeah, here we go. Unleash Micah Parsons by moving him around. I do respect the Packers' offensive line, and I especially I do respect respect what they've got going on with Sack Tom at right tackle. This dude is in his second year, and he's been legitimately one of the best tackles in the entire NFL. I had to sneeze. I'm sorry. Man. Oh. <laughs> this is allergy season at its peak, and I'm sorry about that, but I had to sneeze. Muted the mic on time, though, to, to get away with it. Anyways, <laughs> Sack Tom, legitimately one of the best right tackles in the NFL today. and even though it's a whole different ball game facing number 11, I do think there are better mismatches or more clear mismatches to exploit on this game. I do think that if you put Micah Parsons in that spinner role, which they call it, over the center, but not off ball, not a playing off ball linebacker, basically have him be a defensive lineman and have him be above the center, where maybe you can get on those 5 and five o fronts where you're forcing one-on-ones across the board and Micah is able to choose which B, which A-gap he is attacking, right? Is he going to the left of the center or the right of the center? And, and, and Micah can really exploit those type of situations. And if he can exploit the right guard as well, that's something that you want done too because those are the two weak spots in that offensive line. Have him attack center and right guard for the most part. Not for the most part, but be timely with it. I also think there's a downside to having him play lined up as such 
every single down. I think still the majority of the reps need to come on the edges. And speaking of the edges, if you're going to focus him against one of these tackles, if you're thinking pass rush, left tackle might be the way to go over right tackle. Again, that's the level of respect that I have right now for Zach Tom. He might be exposed against Micah, but I also like the idea of exploiting the mismatches. So give me Micah against the left tackle and let's have some fun. And against the center and the right guard and let's have some fun. Oh, snap. They did. The Yankees signed Marcus Stroman. Toxic is playing with my emotions right, right, right now, I think. I hope it's true, though. I hope it is true, man. Holy smokes, he did. Oh, let's go. That that makes me excited. All right. Anyways, not a baseball show, so I'll, I'll try to keep my excitement to the minimum. But World Series, here we go. Juan Soto, Marcus Stroman, let's do this. Let's do this. Uh, sorry about that. Key number three to the game, ladies and gentlemen. Key number three to the game. Number four. We're, we're already at number four. Sorry about that. Yeah, here we go. This is going to sound like a simple one, but I do think it's going to show up on game day. Got to make mo the most out of the dumb mistakes that the Packers will make. And they will make some dumb mistakes on this game. I don't know how many of them, but they will. And listen. This is one of the youngest teams the NFL has seen in the postseason in a long, long time. Jordan Love still doing great this year, in my opinion. It's been such a surprise watching his film in preparation to this game. But they do make mistakes, and Jordan Love will make mistakes. And I'm not talking about a turnover-worthy play necessarily, like a, a pass that should be intercepted, but he also will... Make you know he he'll fumble the ball and he had a costly fumble versus the Chicago Bears just last weekend. The Packers in general will make mistakes as in Don Tavion Wicks not entering not, not exiting the the field like not going out of bounds in a game management situation where he should have gone out of bounds and give his team a chance at taking another shot. He didn't. Stayed in bounds and the Packers were rushing to snap the ball seconds later. That sort of stuff, I do think the Cowboys are at a place where they might not be an NFC championship game team yet, but they have been here. This is their third straight year in the postseason. And I do think those little things matter. Uh, I don't know if you heard CeeDee Lamb talk to the media today, but he was like, with all due respect, and I'm paraphrasing, but with all due respect, F the fans, right? He didn't say that. Don't, don't, don't take my word for it. But basically, the message was, sure, fans have been waiting three decades for another trip to the Super Bowl, but I don't think they want it as much as we want it, was basically what City was saying. Because he's like, yeah, this is my life. I'm playing football, and we are going all in to win this damn thing. We also want uh, the Lombardi Trophy, right? We, we want to win the Super Bowl. And CD, you know, not his first year in the NFL. Dak Prescott, not his first year in the NFL. Not even for Micah. And you, you know Micah takes those losses pretty hard. Uh, he's maybe one of the most passionate players on this team uh, by far. And then you've got the veterans like Zach Martin and Tyron Smith and all that who are like maybe thinking this is 
maybe the best shot we've ever had at this, and, and we cannot just let this go to waste. I do, I do think that matters. I do think that matters when on the other side, you've got a bunch of young guys being like, oh, we made the playoffs. This is cool, right? I do think that the mission and the vision is different on both sides of this upcoming game on Sunday. Now, if you know me, if you know if you know uh, how I view these games and how I break them or try to break them down, you know I don't put too much talk on like cheesy stuff like this. But man, just hearing the, that team talk and knowing what this means for the Packers versus what this means for Dallas, I do think it matters. And I do think the Cowboys will be locked in and maybe the Packers will just make the mistakes that they've been making as a young team. And I'm not even knocking them. It's just a young team. Mistakes are going to take place. And more specifically, if you want to talk about Jordan Love, he's going to be pressured at one of the best or highest rates uh, he's been pressured this entire season. How consistent can can he be when he's being hit, right? That's something that also uh, Aisha mentioned last night that I do think uh, it's, it's pretty important for this game. But anyways, uh, final, final uh, key to the game, in my view, Final key to the game. Here we go. Wrong, wrong, uh, <laughs> wrong sound effect. Yeah, here we go. That's the one. Just survive, Rashawn Gary. If you've listened to this show, you've noticed I'm not really afraid of the Packers defense on this one. But Rashawn Gary versus Terrence Steele is the matchup that I'm going to be focusing on when the game kicks off on Sunday. Trent Steele has been getting better and all that, but he's also struggled against some of these top pass rushers. Uh, Aiden Hutchinson had some plays where he embarrassed Trent Steele. And, you know, Aiden Hutchinson does that to a lot of NFL starting tackles. So maybe not necessarily a big knock on on Trent Steele, but we've seen it with Hassan Reddick. We've seen it with several of these top pass rushers, but I've also seen Dallas come up with many answers. Now, this is max protect looks where they get Rico Dowdle and Jalen Tolbert near the line of scrimmage or Jake Ferguson to chip away at the defensive end. But throughout the year, we've also seen moving the launch point from Dak Prescott, maybe with a keeper concept, but also with a straight-up sprint out where the whole offensive line is moving to the left or moving to the right. And I, I've seen Mike McCarthy come up with all these answers throughout the year where I'm excited about if it's just the one guy that you need to take care of, I do think Dallas will come out with a solid game plan to slow down Rashawn Gary, especially because with a guy like him who isn't necessarily of the same level of Miles Garrett and TJ Watt and Aiden Hutchinson and all of them, he's somebody that you can maybe worry about on third downs, you know, in obvious passing situations all right, let's help out Terrence Steele with that. And it's also easier to do that when you've got Tyron Smith and you've got Zach Martin and Tyler Smith in the lineup. And it does sound like that is going to be the case for Dallas when this game starts. I think Nick Harris from DallasCowboys.com tweeted out that these three guys that I just mentioned finished in the top three in the NFL in pressure rate allowed. So we're talking about pass protection-wise, Three of the best guys in the entire NFL. Now, Biotish and Terrence Steele are not in that conversation necessarily, but it's still uh, a group of guys that can win 
against a defensive line that is basically a menace with one guy and otherwise needs to blitz and he needs to stunt to get to the QB. And I don't think blitzing Dak Prescott at AT&T Stadium in a playoff game is going to be a good idea for Green Bay. Let's see some of your comments before we move on to the final prediction of this show. Let's see here. Uh, Toxic says, my pride when the Cowboys lose hurts worse than any injury they sustain. Get a grip. Talking about CeeDee Lamb right there. Cam says, I would keep Parsons as a linebacker for this game. I, I would keep him on the defensive line personally. We have this discussion a, a lot of times here on primetime. But move him around. Not necessarily an edge rusher. Move him around. Now, in some situations, it might make sense to put my cut linebacker if the Packers are insisting on running the ball, and they likely will in several instances. But I also think the Packers do know and they understand they got to keep up with Dallas. So I do expect an aggressive game plan from them as well. Let's see here. I can guarantee our boys will play real aggressive this Sunday. This is Katharina. TC says, all due respect, CD. F you, sir. I've been waiting longer than you've been alive. Toxic Tom says, my past the accounting ass wants it more. So some 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 fans are not agreeing with what CD Lamb had to say. <laughs> Coach says, uh, excuse me, CD says, Coach Queen will figure out a scheme for Micah to get loose. Uh, by the way, did you see the Micah quote from today? He was kidding. All right. I'm gonna I'm gonna lead up with that. But man, <laughs> Micah said, you know, he was being asked about Dan Queen potentially leaving. And Micah said, it's the nature of the business. It could possibly be my last ride with Q. And if it is, then we're gonna make it, we're gonna make sure it's a damn good one. So far, so good. This is the follow-up. Dan is my guy. And if he does leave, it's always love. He might take me with him. You never know. Wait, what? Where did that... Wait, what? Why would you put that out there into the universe, Micah? And yeah, he was joking. At least I think he was. But it also felt like... Maybe like a little bit of a sneaky first move. Ahead of the first offseason. Where he is eligible for his second contract. (laughs) So I, I, I read that quote first, and I was like, damn, man, why, why would you ruin my day like this? Uh, but if you look at it, you know, objectively, and with a little bit of a cold-blooded mind, right? Cowboys have a strong hold over Micah's future, uh, still under contract through 2024. It's going to be through 2025 as soon as the Cowboys pick up that fifth-year option, and there is no way they let him walk. There's a free the, the the franchise tag thing too. So you know, <laughs> just 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 maybe don't don't speak that into existence. TC says, "Excuse me, Micah. All the respect, you too, sir." Mo is making us hate all the players today. <laughs> yeah, they, they they were on fire. They were on fire in these press conferences, man. Micah needs to chill his mouth sometimes. This cam, yeah, man. It was one of those where I was like. Why, though? <laughs> Why, Mr. Joke Maker? <laughs> Bruce's damn it, Micah. You see that it says he doesn't work that way. Keep it real, Micah. <laughs> yeah, I knew right away. Like, that's going to be a quote that is going to make some, some noise. <laughs> as soon as I read it, 
I was like, all right, he, he draws first blood in the contract negotiations, which haven't even started yet. I just hope when, it, when we go down, when, we, when it comes down to it, uh, it's one that gets done quickly and they don't make us suffer over, over basically some uh, drawn out contract negotiation stuff. Anyways, ladies and gentlemen, uh, score prediction. Score prediction. Drop it in the chat. What are you going with for Cowboys versus Packers on this Sunday, playoff Sunday? Uh, let me know what is your final score prediction. The Cowboys are 7.5 point favorites for this one. And I am going, ladies and gentlemen, I am going How about them, Cowboys? with a 35-17 win. For the Dallas Cowboys, give me Dallas showing up big time at home, AT&T Stadium. I think they go out there in an aggressive way. I think they win in the trenches, even defensively speaking, but also offensively speaking. I do think they generate a turnover or two. And I do think Dallas shows that even though the Packers are a decent team on the rise, the Cowboys show that they are the team that is the likeliest to bring down the San Francisco 49ers in this postseason. So give me Dallas beating the Packers. 35-17 is my final answer. Let's lock it up. And by betting the Cowboys for the playoffs is also going to be, let's, let, give me Cowboys minus seven on the hook. Give me Cowboys minus seven and a half. I wanted to touch the over-under, but I don't like it. It's pretty high. And I think a lot of people are going to take the over. So, yeah, 35-17 It's going to be my play uh, on this one. Let's see what you guys have to say, though, in the chat. We've got 38-17 from Katharina. Solid Duck goes with 44-6. TC 30-20. Steven 30-20. Chat with the 1-0 Cowboys. And maybe just like the win there. Lost Cowboys is 37-25. Gerald goes with the win, keeping it simple. Kelvin 35-17. Isidro 32-10, 42-20 for Bruce. We've got a 40-burger here in the chat. Uh, not the first one, by the way. Uh, Jerma also with a 40-27. SLH 30-17. Uh, 16-0 at home will be 17-0 Sunday, says Justin. Crazy to think it's a 16-game winning streak uh, at home. 45-13 for Joey Bella. Cam goes with 34-24. Candy says 27-10. Let's see here, 44-20, 40-20, 40-10. A lot of people, a lot of people going with the Cowboys confidently. I think we know what could go wrong. We know what could go right. You know, could go wrong. Packers run the ball extremely well and make it a, a tough game. And if it's a tough game, any team can win it. It's a coin. It's a toss-up. I don't see a scenario where Dallas is blown out. I really just don't see it. Because even if they get down to a two-score deficit, knock on wood, obviously, but if that happens, I do think Dallas can stay aggressive and come back in the game. I think if it goes wrong, it's like the Packers running the ball very well and playing efficient offense and maybe having a takeaway that keeps it close. But... Other than that, I do think it might start off a little bit close. But I do think the Cowboys defense is going to be making some plays. 
even against a solid offense, I think they're going to make some plays. Uh, they're going to force Jordan Love to do some stuff that maybe he doesn't want to do or cannot do very consistently. And give me the Cowboys winning this game. I don't think the offense is going to be stopped a whole lot on this one. I do expect a big game out of them. Ladies and gentlemen, that will be it for me tonight and the week. I will see you again on Sunday night after this game is played uh, at 8 p.m. Central here on primetime. There's also going to be a big playoff showdown that night. So we might play around with the starting time for primetime. And we might try to have it as close as possible. See? Um, I'll schedule the show around maybe 8.20 or something on Sunday, and I'll see you then, man, and we'll have some fun. Hopefully, hopefully, talking a Cowboys win and not a Cowboys loss. See you guys. Stay safe. I don't know if you have extreme wins wherever you live. I have some here on, on, on where I live, so stay safe, and I'll see you tomorrow night. Bye-bye. Sunday night. <laughs>